Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. And joining me is co-host Hannah Garcia, an associate with the firm. Uh, today's story uh, is, today's news rather, is the departure of city manager Spencer Krunk. Earlier this morning, earlier this morning on February 15th, the city council on a 10-1 vote uh, voted to fire the city manager. Council member Natar- Natasha Albert Madison in District 1 was the lone uh, no vote. We don't know why uh, that vote was a no currently. Um, but Hannah, we we're both at city council, uh, the city hall today watching. Uh, any initial reactions? Um, I think the fact that it wasn't a unanimous vote was definitely a surprise. Uh, it seemed that all of council had kind of coalesced around this item to remove the city manager. And so I'm definitely curious to see as to why uh, council member Harper Madison didn't vote with the rest of the dais, um, just to kind of see her thought process and what went on. But um, I think um, this was something that needed to happen. There was poor management of some of some issues and communication on that on that side. And, you know, like choices aside, I think just the communication side in relation to the freeze and the um, the policing contract, um, he definitely was not in line with the current council and what they wanted to do. And so um, I, do, I do think that this um, this change in manager will um, allow the council to potentially, you know, run a little bit more smoothly, not have these hiccups where, you know, they're against city staff and the manager. Mm-hmm. We shall see. I mean, again, and we said this on prior shows, the, you know, the job of the city manager, the city manager for Austin is the CEO of the city. Austin's a council manager for government. Um, the manager has you know, purview over day-to-day operations of the city and takes guidance and counsel from our city council. Um, but ultimately they're not politicians. So it is, it is that you know, they're in a, the city manager is in a political role and it is a tight line, right? And I think we've talked, you and I have talked about this offline where, you know, the case could be made if he was, more involved in the way things people wanted, I think he would have been accused of being a micro in a micromanager. He has several executives who report to him who are highly paid as well, and maybe accused of being too political when he's supposed to be, you know, an executive. So, but it's a fine line, I think, with anyone in that role. The uh, it was also announced this morning that interim city manager will be Jesus Garza. Uh, Mr. Garza, Mr. Garza is most recently the Austin City Austin Manager from, 2000, from 1994, rather, to 2002. Uh, this included the first uh, uh, the first term of, Mayor, of Mayor Kirk Watson, uh, or then this included the first term of, of Mayor Watson, who is now also Mayor of Austin again. So some veterans come back to the dais. And uh, amongst other roles, Mr. Garza was also formerly the CEO of Seton Healthcare Family. And... Uh, and he's was also voted 2019 Austin of the Year by the Greater Austin Chamber. We'll have more of the information on this in the show notes. But we have a person. You know, I think we had talked about Hannah just who the inter- interim person uh, city manager could be. We know right now that the city is going through you know up and down the chain organizational organizational chain. There are this uh, several or numerous shortages. But particularly on the leadership side, executive ranks, we know there are several department heads, development services, and Austin Transportation Department, or two prominent ones that have interim interim uh, directors, as well as the assistant city manager who covers mobility is an interim uh, interim role as well. And that assistant city manager for mobility covers ATD, public works, the airports, really critical infrastructure role. So, we you know just whom that person would have been to fit this seat. I mean. I hadn't thought of Mr. Garza. That makes a lot of sense. Just, I think the pool of folks who could do it currently on who are with city staff, 
they're already in <laughs> like moving moving them up a roll would only keep create another hole. So this is a I think a, a good uh a good selection by Mayor Watson. Yeah, and I think the only thing that I not I'm not worried about, I'm just kind of curious to see how this plays out is this is a lot of people that were in city government, specifically Austin, uh, about a decade ago. And the city has changed quite a lot. And so I hope that um you know, they've been very aware of these changes and they've, you know, they're ready to come with very creative solutions because it's very clear, I think, just from the past decade that, um, you know, we have to be, you know, on the cutting edge of things. We have to be doing things, you know, in a certain way like other cities are because, you know, we're not, you know, we're not a small city in Texas anymore. We're comparable to that of Chicago, New York. Um, and so managing that growth, I think, is going to be a real, you know, a real task and real, um, real chance for them to prove themselves. I agree. And I think balancing just maybe some of the more veteran or tenured uh, folks of experience that are coming back into the city hall and the dice are several council members who are both demographically younger and also have, um, you know, bringing in the, their first time just being on the dice and with new young, with a, I think relatively younger staff as well, who this is their first time in, you know, a city council or policymaking role. I think that balances in terms of not being locked into while maybe respecting history and things that have been done, not being locked into it, but also having a view of what the future could be and really we are willing to take risks or not take risks, but just willing to to step out more into the unknown than maybe past members would have been. So, but again, you know, we'll, we'll be watching in real time on that. I think critical too is now we have an interim person, the search for a permanent hire. The last, you know, uh, council member or C manager Crunk, former C manager Crunk, uh, started with the city in February of 2018. His predecessor, Mark Gott, um, left the city for a new job in, in October, October 31st of 2016. So we're, you look from the time he left, we had interim, we're looking a little over a year, that whole process took. And we'll have the notes, since we'll have links in the show notes. I didn't look it up, but I'm sure, you know, I think adding to the, the time it'll take for a permanent hire this go around is, Definitely will be at a call for a more public process. The last search done in, in 2016, 2017 was totally private. The sole finalist up until the finalist was announced, right? So it wasn't a public process. And uh, I just think given the amount of, of uh, understanding at this point that the public has, the raise awareness of, of understanding the public has of the C manager's role and their power, that 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 seats power. There will be a call and demand. I'm I'm certain council will agree to that of uh, public involvement at all stages of the process. And that in itself is going to lengthen. I mean, if it was private, it still took a year and some change. I imagine it'll be lengthier than um if I mean, at least at least probably that much time. So we're looking at you know they're gonna have to do they'll have to do our procurement an RFP for a search firm. Um, that'll take. You know, at least thirty days, not more. Get a post to the agenda. Get RFP or sorry, get RFPs, an RFP put on the street. This request for procurement. Get those selected. Get the finalists. Have that approved by council. So we think a search maybe starts in earnest. You know, uh, April. Well, first. they have to write the RFP first. <laughs> No, so they could pull from the old one. I mean, the issue the last time around was maybe it was a public process. They have, and I pull back. There are several. The city of the city city of Austin has several executive recruitment firms already contracted. So I take that back on that end. The folks, you know, you know, 
they might choose to pick an outside firm, but they already have several several firms um, under revolving contract for this kind of work. So that probably, they might save some time there. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't hold my breath on this process. <laughs> Any um, speculation though? You want to? Yeah, I mean, and also it kind of ties into when council meets for at least for regular regular meetings. But broadly, we think Q Q two Q three when it would start. I would hope that it would start in Q2, just because I know they the council does want to move fast. But um, I think uh, I think we're looking at Q3. In all honesty, for the just start, because, I don't. I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't see this moving fast uh, from the public's point of view. I mean, they're they're going to want. I mean, just with public involvement, it's going to have to be somewhat of a engaged process or very engaged process, and uh, which is all Austin's known for. Yeah, yeah, and um. And you also, you have those situations where um, sometimes they plan the engagement around holidays. Like a lot of the um, engagement around the police contract, what happened during um, a lot of police contract as well as the Zilker Metropolitan um, long range plan. A lot of that happened around Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people couldn't go. And so when you have situations like that, then you have people come back and say, the community engagement was not enough. And so then they'll- It's never enough, right? So I think they're definitely- you know, they might be better off not doing any community engagement um, because, you know, once again, this is the CEO of the city. It does need to be a little politically insulated um, because they have to make decisions regarding budget. And I think we saw that with the current city manager. He was looking at a lot of this stuff from the position of, a, you know, a CEO who wants the city to have money in the bank in the next like 10 years. Versus, I, think, as, I would say as he should. That's the role, yeah. right? Versus, you know, you kind of also have to take into consideration, you know, what what's council doing? What are their constituents doing? And I think we maybe, you know, kind of need to almost pick someone who's, you know, got that political muscle and who can really say like, okay, I'm here at the community engagement. I'm listening. I'm taking into account what they're saying, but also that CEO muscle where he's able to, he or she, they are able to kind of, you know, marry those two concepts together. Because I think that's something that, you know, uh, former city manager Kronk was a great CEO, but I don't think he necessarily had the, the political muscle mm -hmm. that is needed in this position. And again, like I said earlier, right, it's a thin line. I mean, the role is inherently political and you can't divorce yourself from that. But, lean, you know, how much you calibrate and lean into that and, you know, managing the various personalities of each office, their staff, their staff needs, what the community is saying and so on. It's a lot. And I know people, you know, they were, they were talking about a salary and such today. But I mean, I come back to just you're recognized. The city of Austin is a 15, city of Austin is a $15,000, 15000 Fifteen thousand person, uh, 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 or the city of Boston has fifteen thousand employees, and you look, you know, this was the private sector, right? Like, would that pay be comparable? Probably even more, right? And just managing that kind of, you know, whether you like love or hate it with what he did, I think it's there are very few folks who have even the the background to approach that kind of work and the managerial skills, navigating skills. But yeah, I agree. I come back to you. I think it's. You know, balance that line of how how much how political to be or not to be is you know whether it's him or now it's you know whoever the permanent hire is that's going to be a forever concern and the, or an, an issue and then you know I think so moving now to you know the the, the role of the city manager we look at the next several months right out we you know kind of on the far horizon or mid horizon is going to be the budget process. So city manager, again, like his role is to, that role is to look and provide a budget to the city for, or put one to council that is 
taking into consideration the business needs and administrative needs of the city. They can hear from the community, but you know, that's kind of the council's role. So I'm really curious and we'll, you know, we'll see as this develops too, how that process goes this year. So, you know, I think for, you know, in terms of benefit of experience, our soon-to-be city manager Garza has gone through that process. You know, for he's over a decade of experience with, you know, even back in the '90s, Austin was already over a billion-dollar budget. So, and you know, and, and working with that kind of um, that level of of, of uh, complexity. But again, the councils change, the dynamics, the city have changed, and we'll see. Just and we've had we had several budget cycles under under city manager Cronk to see how he developed it and promoted it. It'll be interesting to see at least how we have we'll have at least one budget cycle and there soon to be city manager Garza. So, you know, again, we'll see that plays out. And, and as we said before, for our clients and really anyone who has and in, in, in who are, is doing business with the city, this is a significant change. And the CEO, you know, the unplanned departure of any CEO is going to be, cause ripples. How those will shape out, we do not know yet. We're watching daily. Um, you know, and it's, it's, but there will be some impacts there. I think the only ripple that I'm expecting right now, just, I do think that council is going to vote, um, in favor of a one-year contract. And if you look at those contracts, there's a huge difference in the amount of money in them. And so with that first one-year contract, it is, it's a lot more expensive. And so I'm just, you know, if that does pass, I think it's going to, you know, cause some ripples into the budget and this new city manager will have to deal with that. And so, um, you know, there's obviously a lot of ripples from from former city manager. Mm-hmm. So we say that. So just for refresher for those who have been following that item, too, there are two items under the under the special meeting. The first was regarding the to vote on the police contract, whether the one year or four year contract that was worked out by now departed city manager Crunk. And the second item was just related to city manager Crunk's depart or firing resignation with the first item. So where are we at? So I know council still meeting right now as of one Oh nine on February 15th, if they go with a one year contract, practically speaking, what does that mean in terms of this, the, how much money is available for in the budget pie? So I couldn't tell you just immediately, but because they're going to spend significantly more money on that one year, it's going to take away money from other services that they could have potentially offered. So whether whether that be from, you know, social services or from, you know, another department's budget, they're going to have to take that money to supplement the police budget in the coming years. Um, the legislature recently passed a bill that says once you raise the police budget, you cannot take it down. So um, with stuff like that, it you know, you kind of have to balance the money. And I think that's something that the CEO is dealing or not CEO, but former city manager Spencer Cronk was dealing with. And that's something that he had to face. And that's what makes, you know, this voting on this contract even more of a difficult decision, because, you know, obviously the community, the city is asking for more oversight and they're asking for this one year contract. But on, at the same end, like strategically, what's it going to do for the city? You know, are we going to be able to pay for other things that we need, like, you know, housing on city owned land, infrastructure, um, other stuff that we have voted on and that we desperately need. And so just, it's definitely going to have to be an issue of, you know, like, what do we want? What do we need? And how are we going to do it? Just because, you know, at the end of the day, that one-year contract costs four times as much as the four-year contract. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, opinions aside, I think we have to think about like, how do we negotiate something to where, you know, we're spending, um, a less amount of money and still maybe getting that one-year contract because that's what the people want. You know, they want that. And so um, definitely going to have to get a little bit creative, I think, with the money and where they're going to spend it. 
um, just because of all of the laws that govern it. Yeah. And again, right. Those are coming back to the, the nature of the city manager role, right? Everything you just described, again, and just as disclosure or I guess clarity, we don't have any particular stake and, and the, the police budget, um, you know, with a client or anywhere else, but more just, you know, our business is the, is city hall, city of Austin. So, you know, if budget shortages have ripples to everything else too, um, on that end, I'm going to say, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm watching, we were watching the city council meeting and, and, you know, just based off of the amount of speakers, um, there's a lot more in support for one thing. And that's kind of why I'm saying like, that's what the people want. Um, obviously, if you broke down the demographics, it might look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Great. So we have that on today. And then uh, any other items you want to talk about? And it was a kind of a, it was a it was early morning. Um, no, I mean, I, I just um, I definitely want to thank all the um, community members that came out and spoke this morning. Um, it's always great to see more people involved in um, what we do just because state and local government is so important. Excellent. Well said. All right, y'all have a good rest of the day and a great week. Thank you for listening to the BG Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share with your colleagues. The BG Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. The BG Podcast is a product of the Bingham Group LLC, an Austin-based lobbying firm serving businesses, nonprofits, and trade associations at the municipal and state level. You can learn more about the Bingham Group at www.binghamgp.com. That's B-I-N-G-H-A-M gp.com and for the latest firm news and content updates follow us on linkedin we'll have a link in the show notes thank you